What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday episode of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Kyle, I had a white chocolate cookies and cream Built Bar this morning for breakfast, to be honest. I had three boxes of those, and they were all gone within 10 days of arriving to my house. So it is a number one overall pick on the Built Bar, Built Bar Big Board. It Rich, really if we we need to get Rob to we need to get Rob to do some formal graphics on Built Bar Big Board because we'd have a lot of fun because there's a lot of flavors and a lot of good flavors to choose from. Christopher, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, a lot of good football this weekend, and I think you're going to mention it. But we're talking about Deshaun Watson today on the show because we're all confused. That's a good way to put it. I think. I think. We're confused as to why he's available. Um, well, he's not. The Texans are going to tell you that he's not. Which is the right thing for them to say. Correct. Because the potential returns on Deshaun Watson can be monumental. And as we let's just get into it. We get into this discussion. I think the first thing that we have to talk about is what does it take to get Deshaun Watson a is he 25? 25, 25 years. He'll be 25 on opening day next year. Yeah. In his prime. I mean, led the league in passing on a bad football team this year. 48, 4,600 yards, 4,800 yards. 48. Dabo Swinney called him Michael Jordan. And uh, after what he did to the Bills in the, t- in the playoffs last year, I could tell you, I agree. So this is unprecedented discussion. And so we'll start by just getting into – what does it take to get this deal done? Well, I guess the first bit of this, because there's a lot of layers here, is Houston has given no indication that that they want to move him. But if Deshaun Watson tries to press their hand and is like, I am genuinely not happy with the direction of this team. I don't like the way that it's going. I don't like what your hiring process looks like. And that you guys are in the process of negotiating a contract with somebody else for the GM job and Jack Easterby drives over in the middle of the night to Cal McNair's house and and convinces him in a one-on-one conversation to hire somebody that wasn't one of your five finalists. And that's bad process. And you've had bad process before in allowing Bill O'Brien to have unilateral control of this roster, trade your second best player in DeAndre Hopkins, and then subsequently have such a short leash for Bill O'Brien that you fire him after four games the following year, costing this team long-term one of their elite blue chip players. This is bad process. I do not want to be a part of this. Joe, do you do you know, because I've done a lot of work on this for obvious reasons. I don't have a Josh Allen on my roster playing MVP caliber football. You, you could. <laughs> you could. I, I could. I could. Do you know what Deshaun Watson's cap hit would be for the Houston Texans in 2021 if they decided to trade him? No, I don't. Tell me. What would you guess it would be? Uh, what would the Texans cap hit in 2020 be? Excuse me, 2021 cap hit be if they traded. And Chris, could you do me a favor and pull the figures, exact figures of what the contract was that they signed? Yes. Uh, Okay. I will guess it's 15 million. 
15 million dead cap. So was I wrong? Oh, I'm just confirming that that was. Oh yeah, yeah, that's my guess. Okay, and, and Chris, what was what was the contract, and when was it signed? So they signed him to what appears to be, if I do my math correctly, a four-year contract extension back on September 5th, and it was worth 100 and 156 million in new money with 73.7 fully guaranteed at signing. So take all that. Signed on September 5th, yep. right before the start of the season. Joe, your guess is still 15 million? Not a math guy, so. <laughs> it's 21 million in dead cap. Okay. Now, Deshaun is all he's on the books right now for a it's right around 15 and a half, 16 million cap hit for 2021 as things currently stand, assuming he is on the roster. So the trade as forced by Deshaun would only cost Houston six something, six million and change against the salary cap more than what they're already on the books for after signing that contract. So first of all, kudos to Houston for signing a big money contract that has the flexibility that would not cripple their cap in the event that something like this or injury happened to Deshaun Watson. Uh, because that to sign that, that magnitude of a deal and have that small of a cap commitment that you're absolutely locked into, no questions asked, I think is a really nice job by Houston. Two things I want to say here as we advance this discussion that I think we have to establish right off the beginning. Number one, we have to acknowledge that Deshaun Watson has – a no trade clause in his contract. So it's also very important. Yep. It is very important. And so he, as much as he can force this trade, he can also force where he's going and, and he's, he may not want to go to every single team out there. So that's really fun as we will eventually get to the potential suitors. And, you know, if they will be uh, to Deshaun's liking as a destination for him to go to number two, while I think the obvious point of view should be that Houston Texans should not trade Deshaun Watson. They should want to keep him and for him to be their star quarterback for a very, very long time. The fact is they just might have to, because if he's not happy, he does have that leverage and they kind of have a unique opportunity here to get a massive amount of returns in year one of a new regime. I know it, it sort of feels like the same thing going on in Houston, but it is a new general manager. It will be a new head coach. And if there ever was a time to do this, to maximize your returns and go into it with kind of a low expectation year one situation, I think that's where you find some some uh, reasoning and, and understanding as to why the Texans could actually do this. Right. So, you know, all of that to be said, uh, Houston will not have – leverage points in saying, well, this is going to totally cripple our salary cap situation because that's bullshit. You cut David Johnson and, and if you do as trade with Deshaun Watson, your cap is in better situation than it was before the trade as far as um, just raw cap that they have on the books right now. So Houston will not have that leverage point. Deshaun Watson has the no trade clause, so he can ax a lot and ask Houston Texans about players that have leverage to dictate where they want to go. Because who remembers what the Jadavion Clowney saga looked like? <laughs> right. 
and how many destinations they tried to finesse for Jadavion Clowney and what they actually got for Jadavion Clowney because Clowney did not sign his franchise tender and had all the leverage in the world to dictate where he wanted to go. So he axed about mm, 92% of the NFL teams across the, the country. Uh, he axed off their list and said, no, here are your options. I want to play here, here, here. Are we ready for some football? The NFL playoffs are in full swing, and there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. Maybe you want to lay some cash down on your favorite team to advance in the playoffs, or you like some of the fun prop bets that they have you got to check out betonline.ag because they have the best lines in the business. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so... All of that, plus this is a Michael Jordan of college football caliber player so good luck finding what the cost is actually going to be but we're going to try we talked in the brief or the pre-show briefly Kyle you brought this up as as Chris and I were like struggling to find any parallels to other trades that we can look at as a case study for this deal you brought up that yeah this happens in the NBA and so maybe expand on that as we kind of start scratching the surface as to what it actually would take to get this done yeah well I, I think the NFL has been one of the lower on the totem pole leagues as far as American sports and players having leverage over franchises. Uh, basketball is very much, a, you know, you've seen players prompt trades left and right away from franchises, regardless of what their contract situation is or how old or young that they are. Basketball, you see this with a much greater frequency of players kind of having the control over the teams. The NFL has not been this way. The NFL is starting to get more like the NBA in that regard. And Deshaun Watson, you know, if he's just so fed up with the direction of the team and Cal McNair and, and the dynamics and the culture around the team, and he doesn't want to be a part of it, uh, this could be the first legit like NBA superstar prompts trade type move that we see in the NFL because the NFL in the past, it's been, okay, you're just, you know, you want to hold out. You're not going to get paid. That's mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. You know, and, and guy like Deshaun Watson, he's got plenty of endorsement deals. Like he, you don't want to lose value and the Houston Texans should know as well as anybody, the cost of playing hardball with a player who's a standout star because they did it with Jadavion Clowney and they got absolutely smoked. They got a three, Jacob Martin and Kiki Mingo. Yeah. And that's that was their return on Jadavion Clowney, who if you had handled the process differently when he made it clear he didn't want to play for you, you could have got a first-round pick for Jadavion Clowney. Well, yeah, I think it's a good point. Because, I mean, as much as we see like Jamal Adams finesse his way out of New York – I mean, there's still things like the Yannick Ngakwe situation and, and the Clowney situation and the Le'Veon Bell situation. So, yeah, the NFL is not quite there when it comes to, you know, players just kind of getting their way. All right. So 
you said another thing in the pre-show that I think is really important for us to get into when we when we talk about the the compensation of what it's going to take to get Watson. It's going to eliminate a lot of teams from this conversation. There's probably a handful of teams that are happy with what they have at quarterback and, you know, just don't need to go down that road. Now there's a lot of teams that do, right? There's there's probably I don't know, 20 25 teams that would love to have Deshaun Watson because probably more be than better. that. Well, yes. I just you're right. It's probably 25, 27 teams, right? 20 was definitely a little low. 25, 27 teams that should want to have Deshaun Watson because he is a significantly better quarterback than what they have right now. So where do we begin when it comes to what it takes to get Deshaun Watson out of the hands of the Houston Texans? Um, I think you have to be able to give them an asset that can be turned around for another franchise quarterback. I don't think this is a situation where you trade Deshaun Watson and you come away and you say, oh, well, we'll sign Ryan Fitzpatrick in free agency and it'll be our starting court. No. Right. right. This transition has to include another franchise caliber quarterback. And I think the only time we've seen anything remotely close to this as far as a quarterback swap, and this was not a franchise quarterback. I want to get that out of the way right out the chute. Uh, but when the Jay Cutler trade happened, Kyle Orton was sent back mm -hmm. as an asset there. So I think that is a qualifier that instantaneously has to be a piece of the puzzles. You have to have a quarterback under contract who's a young, promising talent that you can send in addition to whatever assets have to go to Houston if Deshaun Watson decides to play hardball and wants out of Houston unequivocally. Let me throw some names out there that kind of fit that piece, right? The draft capital is still going to be substantial, but quarterbacks that they could take back and maybe have some type of appeal with Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, Tua Tungabailoa, Sam Darnold. Am I missing anything notable? I would go as far as to include teams that own the number one and number two overall picks in the NFL draft as well. So Sam Darnold would, would fit that. Well, yeah, then Trevor, well, well, can we say Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, we could say, I mean, he's not going to, you're never going to trade a player of Deshaun right. Watson's caliber in your division. But right. for the sake of this conversation, if you have the number one overall pick in a draft that has Trevor Lawrence in it, yeah, I think you at least get a qualifier in that box for, for being able to, to get this done. Is Teddy Bridgewater a player that meets mm. that criteria? He'd probably be the bottom of the bucket maybe ahead of Matt Ryan, just because Matt Ryan's such a tough sell at 36 years old. Jimmy Garoppolo, is he? You can put him in there. Okay. If we're putting Teddy Bridgewater in there, then Jimmy Garoppolo deserves a chance to be in there as well. So you think a prerequisite to this trade is like one of these quarterbacks like this has to be part of the... Starting return. caliber quarterback has to go back. Carson okay. Wentz? Mm-hmm. See, what I don't know about Carson, part of the appeal to the trade for Houston, if you have to look for silver linings and if he does press the issue with you, is you have to look at contractually what you're obligated to pay. And Carson, I know, just got a – I don't know how friendly that deal is. Like, I know Deshaun's deal is super friendly because uh, his – 2021 and 2022 base salaries are automatically guaranteed. So that's 10-5 in 2021 and then 30, uh, 35 million in base salary in 2022. 
And then in 2023, it goes back to a lower base salary guaranteed, but there's a $17 million roster bonus. So it's like, it kind of just becomes what the Patrick Mahomes deal was to a lesser degree of like each year you're following your salary fully guarantees. I don't know what Carson's looks like in that regard. You know, if they dumped a bunch of roster bonuses in there, uh, then that may not be as appealing of a contract. I have his contract up. No guaranteed salaries in 22, 23, and 24. There are uh, dates in the contract where, like, on the first day of the league year, they become fully guaranteed. But his base salaries over there, over 2021, 2022, and 2023 are 15.4, 22, 20. And then in the last year of the contract, it's 21. And there are roster bonuses of $10 million in 2021, $1,000 in 2022, and then $5 million each of the last two years. He never what, has a cap hit higher than $34.6 million. What's this option, too? What do you mean by this option? There's a, a $6 million option every year from 2020 through 2024. Now you must be looking at a different place. Than oh, I, I use spot track. Is I have the over the cap numbers. Uh, in front of me. I don't have the, that all, all of that in front of me. All I have is that on March 15th of 2022. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, on March 15th of this year, the 2022 base salary becomes fully guaranteed. And then that's how it works, you know, moving forward. Let me throw two other names out there in terms of quarterbacks that they could take back. And maybe you guys will laugh me out of the building, but Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff. Are I was going to bring up Jared Goff. I was going to say him out loud. So the I'm problem not with, the, with the Rams is they don't have the draft capital to, you know, uh, compliment Jared Goff. But Minnesota kind of does. Well, yeah, they got a lot of picks. I would counter with this, Joe. Uh, the only quarterback, I wrote this in May, the only quarterback that I would start a franchise with in front of Deshaun Watson is Patrick Mahomes. So, ergo, if anybody has a contract that is perceived to be a starting caliber quarterback that would be of value to Houston based on their own evaluation process of the quarterbacks, I'm not going to turn my nose up at, at Jared Goff or Deshaun or at Kirk Cousins. Right. Because Deshaun Watson's an upgrade over those players and they're starting caliber quarterbacks. Well, yeah, I so for Minnesota and the Rams perspective, I get it. I'm just wondering if you think that those quarterbacks move the needle for Houston uh in, you know, this quarterback that they're going to absorb back and inevitably probably have to play. Well, I mean, I, I wish we had some clarity on what their head coaching situation looked like, right? Sure. That would be sure. extremely helpful to to narrow down what style of quarterback that that's going to be required here for the Texans. But it doesn't sound like they're going to budge off the B enemy thing. And that was a big speculation was that, oh, you know, this is leveraged by Watson trying to get them to interview B enemy and, and bring B enemy in and hire B enemy. But, that's almost just as toxic of a situation, right? Because you've got a front office and an owner that clearly does not want to hire Eric Bieniemy if they're the only team that hasn't requested to interview him, and they reportedly do not, moving forward, have interest in interviewing. If Deshaun Watson were to flex his leverage and say, y'all better interview Eric Bieniemy, and he's the guy that I want, well, now you're going to have a head coach and quarterback versus an owner and general oh. manager, and good luck with that. Yeah, it's not going to work, man. This It's so just my, not going to happen. That was going to be my next point that I was going to bring up is like, if Houston hires Eric Bieniemy, is this a tell that Deshaun's not going anywhere? But I think you make a good point there. 
all that does is further complicate all the organizational issue organizational issues that already exist in Houston. And it might it might soothe it over for 2021, but I can guarantee you that that friction will not go anywhere. Yeah. And it's pretty clear who has the ear of Cal McNair and it ain't Deshaun Watson. And it won't be Eric Bieniemy if they hired Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, that's a problem. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack, a breakfast on the go, something post-workout, or just like delicious things, Built Bar can fill the void for you. And best of all, Built Bar doesn't just taste good, it blows the nutritional facts of your typical protein bar out of the water. It's got 200 calories per bar or less, up to 20 grams of protein per bar, 18 delicious flavors to choose from, and one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar. So if you're looking for a change-up in your diet, visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you can save 20% off your next order of Built Bar. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, to save 20% and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. All right, so some quarterback, some reasonable quarterback, others, you know, there's varying degrees of how appealing these are. I, I'd certainly be more interested in one of the younger guys like a Darnold or a, a Tua than I would a, a Jimmy G or something like that. Obviously, I think Matthew Stafford's kind of in his own little territory there, but I think it's probably a quarterback like that plus three first round picks, probably plus another day two pick. I would say three ones is the minimum. So, all right, as we as we both agree there, and we start to laser in on teams, the two that really scream to me are the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. Both of them can offer a rookie quarter or a quarterback on a rookie deal in Darnold or Tua, plus either the two pick if you're the Jets or the three pick if you're Miami. Miami has eighteen. The Jets' second pick is Seattle lost. So what pick is that now? 24. Somewhere in the lower. 24. 24. And then they obviously all have high second-round picks. They have first-round picks next year. So those two teams have the most to give them. And if I'm Houston, I get really interested about potentially having two teams in the same division competing for their services. Now, that's not to say that both the Jets and Dolphins have interest in this trade. I'm here to tell you that they should. But to me, that's kind of where I laser my focus in on where the destinations could be. Obviously there's others, but in terms of what Houston can get right now, nothing comes close to what the Jets and Dolphins can offer. Correct. And the appeal of having to wait two years for the full return on investment instead of Mm -hmm. three years for any other team is a massive deal. That is a massive win for Houston, considering right now y'all don't pick till the third round. You can go from not picking in the third round to picking know, two and 24 or three and 18. And you could subsequently trade out of one of those spots. If you feel good about the quarterback that you get back, if it's Donald or Tua, here's there's a, this thing could flip on its head very quickly for Houston. The X factor to me is a team like Detroit, because they may look at Matthew Stafford and say, yeah, we like him a lot more than Tua or Darnold. We'll take Stafford and seven plus, obviously, the other stuff. And that would be a little bit of a, a flex that a team like Detroit could could have in a situation like this. But, you know, again, they, they would be conceding the higher draft pick, the other first-round pick this year, you know, 
in that scenario if if they but they'd have to believe that Matthew Stafford kind of covers up for that. Right. I and I I agree as far as, you know, Matt Stafford is an older quarterback, but he's not an old quarterback. Yeah, right. You know, so you know, th- this theoretically is a player you could play with for the next decade and that matters. That matters a lot whereas Matt Ryan, I I think you're you're probably looking at a, a 3 to five year window. And at some point within that, the cliff is going to come and he's going to fall off the edge of it. As far as his play. Uh, that's not an appealing one for me, but Matt Stafford. Yeah. You got a runway here to work with a little bit that, that could make it interesting. And I don't think I've heard but, a lot of Detroit, but, but, but Deshaun Watson ain't green light in a trade to Detroit. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. So that's, what's fun about this, right? Chris Mortensen comes out yesterday and basically said that sounds like he could be interested in Miami. And I mean, I guess this is probably your opportunity to talk about some of those dynamics that you're probably more plugged in with uh, than us. Yeah, they're all, the Dolphins are already trying to throw some cold water on this, at least for the time being. Uh, Armando Salguero of the Miami Herald reported this morning that a team source uh, said, told him last night, quote, there's nothing to see here and nothing that has to do with the Miami Dolphins. So, on the heels of John McCain's comment, the he's a longtime Houston writer. What did he say that the, he had a better chance of becoming the Texans quarterback than Deshaun Watson getting right, or something? Right, right. So McLean was pretty steadfast that this isn't going to happen. Uh, but Deshaun's pissed. You know, we that is confirmed fact. Is Deshaun is pissed, and if he presses the issue, and Houston does not have a choice. You know, then you start to make the phone calls, you know, but but for the time being, and I think that's an important distinguishment to make because I had some Dolphins fans that were like, man, could the Dolphins do anything else to to tank to his confidence and, and you know, put any more negativity around him? I'm like, what did the Dolphins do? They had somebody else say their name. The Dolphins aren't sure. calling Houston right. right now. And the Dolphins, I, I agree with the strategy that they've taken to say, we don't have anything to do with this. You know, sorry to hear that there's some uh, – some troubles in at home between Deshaun Watson and, and the Houston Texans. But like that has nothing to do with us at this point. And the dolphins aren't making these calls. And like this process has a long way to go before you get to that point where you kick the tires. Now, every team in the league would be wise to kick the tires when it becomes apparent. But like, this is Houston hasn't even talked to Deshaun yet. Right. Did you see the Twitter poll I put out? I did. It was a lot closer than it should have been. Yeah. Um, and it, it was the exact scenario in which we laid out here. I put this out 14 hours ago, uh, specifically addressed to Dolphins fans. The needed price for Deshaun Watson, assuming he demands a trade, is Tua, three overall, 18 overall, and your 2022 first-round pick. Would you rather have Deshaun or Tua and the picks? And 45% of 8,734 votes picked Tua and the picks over Deshaun Watson. I personally don't understand that. Any yeah, well, neither do I. Well, and that's that's coming from somebody who I like Tua a lot. I thought he was worth that pick. I thought he should have been the pick, um, and I think that Tua has a high ceiling to be a, a really good quarterback in the NFL. And he's extremely smart, and I think he has good accuracy. And and there's so many dynamics to what he can do in terms of being a trigger man for an offense that really really intrigues me. But the ceiling with Deshaun Watson is higher. And here's the here's the bottom line is you already know what Deshaun Watson is. We know exactly who Deshaun Watson is in the NFL. And 
you throw away those unknowns and you immediately take a 10 and six football team that has a really outstanding defense, has exceptional coaching, and you put in Deshaun Watson, and all of a sudden, you're a damn contender in the AFC instead of hoping that Tua takes the next step. If you can bring in the right weapons around him, and you know, hopefully you can get some veterans because you can't just put a bunch of rookie running running backs and wide receivers around him. Hello, Denver. That's not a smart idea. And look, it's just it, it's such an easy way to to get there when. I think the rest of the roster is kind of getting to that point, man. I, I don't understand how how you don't look at this and say we have to, or, or that Deshaun that the Deshaun Watson course isn't the clear and obvious best choice. Well, Miami would, if they took that trade, they'd still have thirty six, fifty, and eighty two this year, and everything except a first round pick next year, and you can cut Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson, and find a trade partner for Eric Flowers and trade him for a 2024 seventh-round pick, and you have you have $3 million more in cap space committed between 2021 and 2022 than what you did before the deal. So it's not even restrictive on your cal- salary cap space. Yeah. Dude, I... The Dolphins are the only team that I look at every piece of the puzzle and it would make sense to do from they can check every box. And that Deshaun would go there. And that Deshaun would go there, correct. Because there's a lot of teams out there you know, that, that would want to be all in. And you should want to be all in. And you should, you know, if the cost is a quarterback and three first-round picks, you should be ready to pay that price for a top-five quarterback who's 25 years old in the prime of his career. He's a difference maker, Kyle. You know what I mean? Like, did did everybody watch the playoffs this weekend? Are are you getting an idea for what the good teams have at quarterback and how they're difference makers and they're dynamic and they can make things happen when everything's not perfect? Like you get a difference maker, and that's how you win Super Bowls. And, and that's I just, the whole objective of what we're doing is to win a Super Bowl, right? Like it's so apparent to me. But Chris, what questions aren't we asking? What what aren't we thinking about right now? Well, the thing that's been stuck in my brain, and I'm going to take us back to a point that Kyle made a little earlier, there's an NBA trade that I can compare this to, right? And it's it's a recent one. And sorry, Joe, if I'm going to take you to an NBA place that you're not prepared for. Uh, listen, uh, Lonzo Ball or whatever his name is had a triple-double the other night. He's so, going to face the league. Okay. So Lamelo Ball. Uh, Lamello, yeah. But Lonzo Ball is going to come up in this conversation because the trade that I'm referencing is the Anthony Davis trade, right? Anthony Davis, when he got traded, was... 26, one of the top players in the NBA. He got traded for three first-round picks and two immediate starters for the New Orleans Pelicans. Like, that's what we're talking about here. And I know it's a different sport, so the conversation is going to be a little different. But in order for the Lakers to get a guy to help them win a championship, they traded three first-round picks and two immediate starters back in a deal. Like, this is unprecedented. And I don't know if people understand that if we're going to go down this road of Deshaun Watson at age 25 to potentially being traded somewhere, like, we've never seen this. Jay Culler was two firsts. I have that trade in front of me. It was a 2009 first, a 2010 first, Kyle Orton, a, th- a third and a fifth. Or it was a for Jay Culler. For Jay Culler. Jay Culler was Jay two Culler. firsts, a third, and Kyle Orton. Ten years ago or whatever it was. Like, like, guys, this is, I think what you guys just mentioned, an established quarterback and three firsts is the starting point for these conversations. Like, that's where we start. And Houston could very easily say no, and I could understand. Like, I, I there, there aren't enough teams that I think, one, are close enough to do that, 
and two, are going to be able to stomach what it's going to take. Like three firsts and potentially a couple day two picks is probably what we're talking about here. And we've never seen something like that. Jamal Adams wasn't that. Jalen Ramsey wasn't that. Khalil Mack wasn't that. Like that's what we have to compare this to. Hey, well, I think uh, I think you do have to be careful with this cannot become an open bidding war because Deshaun has a certain piece of leverage. So that's where I do think there is a little bit of a perceived glass ceiling over top of this because you're right. If every team had no questions asked, the ability to call Houston and say, let's make a deal, you'd be talking three starters, four first-round picks, and a quarterback. You wouldn't. Kyle, can you can you uh, indulge me on a little bit of a, a mock scenario here? Sure. All right. So you're going to be Nick Casero. You're the GM okay. of the Houston Texans, and okay. you're about to get a phone call. And here comes a ring, ring, ring. And hello, uh, hello. Hey, Nick. hey, Nick. It's uh, it's Shad Khan here with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hope you're doing well, and uh, the off season is treating you well. Um, I know this is weird, but um. I want to make an offer to you. I'm going to send you the number one pick in the draft. And there's this guy, Trevor Lawrence, coming out. He's really amazing. Uh, I've also got a, another first-round pick this year that I'm going to offer you. Give you a first-round pick in, in 2022, and then you can have your choice of a three this year and a two next year. I know this is weird because we're in the same division, but, uh, you know, it'd be fun if we both have these dynamic young quarterbacks and, uh, you know, it should be great. Uh, for ticket sales and intrigue within our division. What do you think? Well, Shot, thanks for the call. But um, well, we both know full well what Deshaun Watson is, and, and we know Deshaun Watson's pretty upset with us. And uh, the, the number one way to make the postseason each year is to win your division. And I'm not particularly interested in dealing with a pissed off to Sean Watson playing against me twice a year, every year for the next 10 to 15 years. So uh, I, I feel good about some, some of the other options I can find at quarterback. And uh, you know, if Deshaun's going to force us to pull the trigger here, uh, we'll find a landing spot for him. That's not in the AFC South. Can't do it. So, so there was the, for the Houston side of things, just no, no way. Jacksonville can paint a great picture. They sure can. That's what makes them at least worth talking about other than that. They are in the division. Are we still confused? Did we get anywhere? Or is it just, well, if this is going to happen, Miami's the only team that makes a lot of sense. Hopefully Houston likes Tua. Well, and hopefully Miami's interested. Because if Miami's not interested, then right. Houston's, you know, Deshaun's options dwindle very quickly. Right. Because he, like you said, when I brought up Detroit, you can say what you want about the Jets. I think he's probably not going to look favorably at that opportunity. So he's got to accept this deal. I mean, so what, I, I mean, would he go to San Francisco? Probably, but I mean, they, do they have what it takes to get him? I, yeah, I the, that if it, if it comes to like second choices for Deshaun, because he's not interested or because the team Miami, let's say Miami says, no, you know what? We're good. We want to stick with Tua. We believe in Tua. Uh, we want to have all the draft capital. We want to have the added flexibility moving forward. Um, we're not interested. Are we sleeping on are we sleeping on Atlanta here with the number four pick? Maybe. 
I just have, I have, I have such a tough time with, I'm going to trade 25 year old Deshaun Watson for 36 year old Matt Ryan and a pick that does not guarantee me one of the top three quarterbacks in the draft. The, the appeal there is you send them to the NFC. This is, you know, like that would be not even thinking about the division. It's not the conference. It's you're sending him away. Like you're only going to really have to deal with him in the Super Bowl and once every four years. Can I offer something up here? Please. To your guys' point, if Miami's the preferred destination and Miami says thanks but no thanks, all of the leverage goes back to Nick Casario and the Houston front office. And then Deshaun has to decide, am I going to put up with this and play in 2021? By the way, he might be let me let's just make something clear. He might be they might be able to patch this up and things might be fine, right? I mean that, that is that is one of the potential scenarios here, right? To to quote a, a very you know, famous movie in, in Avengers uh, Infinity War. You know, there, there are different scenarios that we can play here, right? There are different timelines that, that play out here. So I, they could patch things up. But if they don't, Deshaun's going to have to kind of accept one of these scenarios, right? He's not going to have a he's not going to have a choice if the place that he wants to go says, no, we're not interested. And I, I, I think really think that is, you know, the, the report that came out that Watson would consider a deal in Miami, I think the writing on the wall there is that they've already had this. Watson in this camp have already had this conversation. They've already looked across the league, and they're like, okay, who's a realistic spot? And when you assess the teams that would be interested or be in the market, and you assess the teams that have the most capital, that's the preferred destination. And that's why Miami is kind of throwing cold water on it this morning and say, whoa, we had nothing to do with this. For the time being, leave us out of this. Which so is it, a smart play by them. That you can't You can't say anything other than that. Correct. But yeah, if if Miami wants to stay committed to their process, then Houston or Deshaun is going to take it on the nose. And it is, is Deshaun willing to sit out games? Because if Deshaun's willing to sit out games, then Houston will take this on the nose from a value perspective of what they will get. But that is the only depth of this process getting to that point where you have Deshaun Watson on your roster and he's holding out and sitting out games and forfeiting money to not play for your franchise, that's the point in which Houston will get raked over the coals with a trade. Because if it gets to that point, you've reached the point of no return as far as I'm concerned. He ain't coming back to Houston. You're going to have to take a team that has lesser assets to give you to get a deal deal done. Which goes back to something you said at the beginning of our discussion about Deshaun and endorsement deals. He can do a Gatorade commercial or an Adidas commercial right. or whatever he wants to do, and his bills will be paid just fine. And so this is this how is, he can do it. This is not the running back position. This is not Le'Veon Bell. Right. Right. You know, where Le'Veon sits out a whole year and gets a deal and you know misses a win. No, nope. Deshaun's just now getting into his winning window, and quarterbacks are exponentially more valuable than running backs. So it'd be interesting. Dude, if Houston's going to do it, then they got it. Like, you can't wait until July or August. Like, you've got to do it now. Right. Because learn, his, learn from your mistakes of right. what you did with Javion Clowney. Right. Because then you're trying to trade Javion Clowney <laughs> halfway through August, and training camp's already over, and he's got all the leverage, and nobody wants to to bite on a, on a contract deal. So – 
I guess the good news is for any team that looks to acquire Deshaun, uh, even his financials, um, you know, we talked about how Houston structured this contract, that it's favorable for them. Uh, but it's favorable for any team that brings on Deshaun. His cap hit, you know, you only have to be worried about because a lot of the guarantees were put into base salary and they they activate a year ahead of time. Uh, any team that acquires Deshaun Watson would for the next four years have, or next five years, have $10.56 million cash owed. That would be his cap hit for his new team. Uh, $35 million. 37 million, 32 million, 32 million. That's what you would have to pay him to play quarterback if you traded for him today. Sounds like something you should do. Yes. <laughs> if you don't have one of the, uh, you know, the Mahomes or something, right? So. so a lot of that to, I don't necessarily know if we, we really whittled this list. It's a fast, it, it kind of, the more in-depth you get, the more it feels like it's a pipe dream, right? It's like so much has to go right for this to materialize and actually happen. But it's going to come down to how angry Deshaun Watson is. Well, and it's trending in the right way. Let's be honest, right? I mean, they they everything you said when you went into that rant about if these things are true, Kyle, all those things are true that you said. Right, so, right. It's just a matter if he's going to force this or not. Quick shout out to the Cleveland Browns. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Hung almost 50 on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. That the first quarter of that game was unlike anything I've ever seen. Joe, um, can I get a little fact or fiction from you right now? Sure. Fact or fiction. Juju Smith Schuster has played his last snap for the Pittsburgh Steelers. hundred percent true. Juju did not do himself any favors down the stretch here either, by the way. No, he was very productive in the game. Yeah, he was productive in the game, but some of the bulletin board material beforehand. Right. Right. You don't need that, right? Like, right. I'm all yeah. for you growing your brand and all that stuff, but like he. To come out and say, I'm, I'm glad we're playing the Browns. They're the same old Browns. Browns are the Browns. Dancing on logos, pissing yeah. people off. Yeah. Just yeah. focus on that cute French bulldog and ride. <laughs> <right. laughs> I mean, like. Keep it simple. You you were so cool. That French that Frenchie is legit though. Uh, fact or fiction: James Connors played his last snap for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, they don't, dude. They don't have any money. You know this. They they're 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 blowing the whole thing up, man. Well, and and here's what I'm getting at. Here are the free agents and the ages of the free agents that Pittsburgh has to face this year. They're significant players: Juju Smith-Schuster, who's 24; James Conner, who's 25; uh, Mike Hilton, who's 26; Bud Dupree, 27. Alejandro Villanueva is 32. So you're talking like four core young pieces. Well, I mean, look, you you drafted Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane. That's going to have to be your running back room. You drafted Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and and James Washington. That's going to have to be your receivers. Drafted Alex Highsmith and uh, Odenigi from, I think it's Tulane. That's going to be your replacements for uh, Bud Dupree. So they've been a little bit forward thinking. Obviously, quite a bit of work to do on the offensive line. We'll see, is Cam Sutton going to play outside and, and step in for Joe Hayden, who you know probably have to move on from due to cap restrictions? So there's a lot of questions here, but there are some answers. But, man, they've there's going to be a bit of a rebuild here when it comes to the Steelers. That's going to do it for us today on this Monday edition. 
of the Draft News Podcast, hot off the heels of Super Wild Card Weekend. Stupid name. Super. We had a super time here on the show. We will have a super time this evening on the live stream, YouTube, the Draft Network, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Takes on takes. I'm sure there will be some Deshaun Watson conversation. <laughs> I'm sure there will be some playoff conversation. I'm sure there will be some Natty. Uh, Natty conversation, yes. Lots to look forward to. Natty tonight. Pre-game in the Natty with our friends at Mighty Swell. So make sure you swing over. If you miss it, catch us on the podcast feed tomorrow. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for listening.